You're listening to Range Minded from Independence Indoor Shooting. Before we get started, we want to know how you're listening to us, whether that's through Apple Podcasts, on our website at iishooting.com slash podcasts, whether it's on Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, anywhere you can get your podcasts from. It'd really help us out a ton if you could send us a screenshot of where you're listening. You can message us on Facebook and Instagram at rangemindedpodcast or email us, podcast at iishooting.com. Thank you. This is episode 59, where we talk about not only taking more than just a basic shooting class, but taking the same class again and the benefits that come from it. As always, thanks for listening, and we hope you enjoy episode 59 of Range Minded, the reason to take a class twice. Hello and welcome to Range Minded from Independence Indoor Shooting. The one and only Range Minded. I am the one and only Mark Long, and you are the one and only... One and only Steve Zimmerman. You know, they broke the mold when they made me, but that was on purpose. Wow, they just smashed it to the floor? (laughs) Yeah, they said, we cannot have another one of these roaming around. To be fair, I don't think I've met anybody like a Steve Zimmerman before. Well... That's true. That's true. And I'm you okay with one that. Of one of a kind and more cultured than I give you credit for. Yeah. He he doesn't believe me when I like throw up these, uh, I don't know, things about videos and movies and TV shows. And then I do. He's like, oh, wow. You're, <laughs> you're not just some backwards homeschooled weirdo. Yeah. You get uh, you get culture over there in Idaho Falls. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm actually very impressed. So... Because well, my big my big city, uh, you know, born and raised was, uh, you know, you're exposed to everything. So, yeah. Um, but that's not what we're talking about today. Today, no, we're actually going to be not. talking about uh, education because we always praise uh, training and education. We talk about it pretty much yes. every time, I would say. And, you know, it, we wouldn't. We wouldn't uh, feel right if we didn't put our money where our mouths were. And so that's why I took another class yesterday. Yeah, you're rocking it out. I'm over here, like, working so hard, I don't have time to get anywhere to do anything fun. Yeah, yeah, you're working too hard, and you got all these, uh, you know, the the family to deal with and the kids to feed and everything. I mean, you got a, you're a busy right. man, you know? Yeah, I need to make time, though. There's no excuse. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I went on a Friday night. You know, we're recording this on a Saturday, and I was uh, Friday night right after work. I went to the shop, and I took a class. And, nice. Um, and actually, uh, it's a class that I uh, took last year. Um, so I've taken, this is, this is my second go around in a class. Same instructor, different instructor, different instructor. So I took the intermediate pistol. Um, and I took that probably last summer. Let's just say last summer. Cause I don't remember when exactly it was <laughs> at but, some point in history. Yeah. Sometime in the last, uh, 365 days or so. And, um, you know what it's focused on, it takes you a little past the basics, um, you know, with holster work, it teaches you how to, um, safely, uh, draw the holster or from the holster and manipulate your firearm, um, shoot a little bit faster, shoot a little bit more accurately. Um, and my last year, my instructor was Bill, who was phenomenal. We've had him on, um, the podcast before he's he's chatted with us a fair bit um but this time i had jim love nice and this is one of yeah there's this is one of the reasons that i think that um if you can swing the time and the money you should take a class more than once because um 
you, from different well even from the same instructor honestly because like well i was i'll let you finish <laughs> no no, no. i was I'm just gonna, gonna say gonna take even your wind from from a different instructor from the same instructor you don't so when i take a class the first thing you know the first time i take like furious notes and i'm trying to just you know take in all the information there's so much to take in that yeah. You know, you may miss a couple of details here and there, anything with the second time around, you, you kind of know what to expect, you know, what's going on. Um, so you can maybe focus a little bit more on picking up things that you didn't think about the first time you're a little more relaxed. Um, and that's what I really found with this one. And, uh, with a different instructor, um, you know, it really took, um, I don't want to say opinion. You don't learn different opinions, but, um, perspectives. Yeah. You get different that, perspectives. That yeah. Um, because you know, Bill comes from more of a law, a straight law enforcement background. Um, you know, he was, uh, you know, in, in California doing a lot of law enforcement and, and Jim was too. He, he was, uh, Idaho state police, uh, for a very, very long time. But the thing that was different about, um, Jim was that he is a competition shooter. You know, and he competes quite a lot and he is quite good as he demonstrated last night. Um, So I think competition shooters think more in detail about uh, we've talked about it, a fluidity of movement, economy of motion. um, You know, what's a little bit faster? What gets you that extra, you know, half second, quarter second, you know, full second over uh, as an edge over a competitor. Um, Yeah, And that's and it makes total sense in the competitive world. But it really does relate to a defensive standpoint too, because being able to to get out of the holster, deploy that firearm or knife or whatever it is you're using and to be effective in shot placement. Right. Totally correlates. Yeah, exactly. And just being able to, you know, present the firearm, put it on target and, and get a shot or two off, um, you know, in a, in a fast degree, uh, fast amount of time, um, you know, it was the goal, but learning from both of them, you know, in different perspectives was really, uh, I think a great thing. Yeah. Well, that's um, awesome. Yeah. And you know, there were a lot that was, there was a lot that was the same. I mean, it's the same basic curriculum, obviously over at the shop, we use the same curriculum for every, you know, course. Um, mm-hmm. but you know, you're going to see the same slideshow, but then there's, you know, different stories and different adages and different tips that I think each instructor gives. Yeah. Well, you Uh, can get pizza, you can get pizza all over the place, but some places taste a little different. Yeah. Right. Yeah, exactly. Or you got your thin crust or your thick crust or your, you know, one place has pepperoni better than the other. So is, is Jim thin or thick crust? (laughs) I don't know. He's definitely got a little spice on him. I'll tell. I'll say that. He's got yeah, hold, some red pepper flakes. I'm gonna see if you can hear this. Hold on. This. Oh yeah. That sounded like ginger beer to me. No, I wish. I'm going to be over there next week, and I'm going to be buying several boxes. Well, if uh, they had it at the Costco earlier, so if we need to make a trip over there, I think we can, oh, we right can make that happen. I did hear they have it over there. I'm going to have to see if it's cheaper there than where I normally get it. Oh, I guarantee it is. Everything's cheap at Costco. You just got to buy a gross of it. A vat of it? I'm going yeah, to buy so a, never keg, a keg, of, keg of ginger beer. Yeah, man. It's crazy over there. Like we were talking about, it's crazy no matter what time of day or what day of the week you go over to Costco. So what did you learn in this class that could help you in an environment like Costco? Oh, that's a good question. 
Um, I mean, think about it. Anything could happen at a Costco at any given moment. That's true. So because you, there are did you, 6 million people in a Costco at any given time. That's just one corner. <laughs> that's in the dairy aisle. Yeah, um, or over by the TVs. I think, you know, situational awareness um, and being able to um, manipulate, get your, present the pistol and get it out of the holster and be ready to shoot um, more easily from any position. Um you know, and, and getting that, getting to that pistol faster. Um, you know, uh, one thing that, that Jim talked about a little bit more than Bill, and, and I want to say first and foremost that, you know, not one was not better or worse than the other. It was just basically, like you said, it was two flavors of, of similar pizza. Um, you know, it's just with the second class, I was able to, I think maybe absorb more and notice differences a little bit more in, you know, what the advice is. And we've talked about that a little bit before too, with, with pistols and, and just any kind of shooting, it's very personal and you have to find what works for you. Right. Um, but we talked about, you know, kind of economy of motion a little bit more and what, you know, what Jim said was basically, you know, the movement of, to get the gun out of the holster is, you know, you take your grip and you just, you come straight up with your arm and then you rotate, you know, that pistol forward. And from there you can actually shoot. And, and Bill mentioned that a little bit, but Jim kind of went into a little bit more detail about it. Um, and you know, being able to do that and maybe an advanced class later, um, you know, and learning how to do that. Um, but he just talked about it's, you you know, your arm comes up it rotates, it goes out. And then just for, for reholstering, it comes back in rotates and comes back down and how to practice that. And what he actually does to practice for competitions, um, was was pretty applicable to um you know practicing as a civilian or just as a concealed carrier um and that information is so valuable like just getting those little skills goes a long ways yeah i think one of the things um you know practicing tips and practice and, and ways to practice at home i think was um was what I picked up more from this class. Like I said, not to say that, that Bill didn't talk about that last time. Um, but like I said, he comes more from a law enforcement background. Um, so the, the, um, maybe the legalities of it come into play a little bit more. I would say that he, um, you know, was a little more cautious, um, not necessarily safety wise. Both of them were very, very safety oriented. And that's one of the things that I like about independence the most taking a class from there. I mean, working there, I may be a little biased, but, um, you know, the, the goal of the class, they even, you know, on the first slide, um, was, um, you know, safety is the priority. It's the goal of the course and speed will come, you know, we're going to just, he goes, we're going to take our time. We're going to go really, really slow. Um, he actually told a story about a friend of his who was at gunsight. Um, and there was a, a student at gunsight who was, the slowest in the class, but everything he did was picture perfect. Every movement was perfect, you know, placing shots one on top of each other. And eventually they had to ask, you know, what, what's going on? Like, why are you going so slow with this? Blah, 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 blah. He goes, and the student was, well, I'm actually a Navy SEAL. And I just, I know that if I practice all of this slowly, you know, I can do it quickly, but I want to make sure I do it perfectly. Um, and just that little that little story, that little anecdote really stuck with me. And it's like, you can take your time. You can, you know, go slow and there is a time to go fast. But you want to make sure you get the basic mechanics down first. You know, and that's, that's one thing I see that's kind of 
the byproduct of bad YouTube videos or, or bad <laughs> instructors is everybody thinks they can just be John Wick right out of the bat and yeah, I took a class, I'm awesome, and they try to just do stupid things on the range. And I don't mean like unsafe stupid things, but they're just practicing bad habits that they thought were cool because they could do it fast. Right. And, and- and it's completely the wrong mindset. You're right. You take it slow, learn the learn the mechanics of it, and then uh, it, you can speed them up later. Well, and one of the things that I, I you know I learned about I learned a lot more about myself. I was I think the first class I was so I had never taken a class with a holster before, and obviously I, I you know had learned how to draw from a holster before, um, but you know, really working on it the first time and the mechanics of it and under the watchful eye of, of an instructor, you really a lot more conscious of what you're doing. Yeah. And then, and there's some nerves to that. Um, you know, I was, I was a little nervous this first time, you know, first maybe 10, 15 minutes or whatever. Um, you know, but after, after that I was, I was doing pretty good and I, but I, so I was able to kind of focus more on what I was doing and maybe what I was not doing. Um, you know, so I, I realized I was, jerking the trigger a lot. Um, I was shooting low and to the right. And as a lefty, you know, that's, that's a result of jerking the trigger. Yeah. And so I was able to feel when I was actually doing, I was actually able to focus a lot more on my shooting, um, because I knew I had had the basics of the holster work down and, um, you know, with Jim talking about the fluidity of movement and, you know, putting your hand, you know, your support hand, you know, up by your chest, right on your pec muscle. Um, and, and the reason, you know, he explained the reason behind that is that, you know, it's closer to the gun when the gun is presented and you can, you can put your hands together and get that good grip faster mm-hmm. um, rather than having your hand catch up to it. Um, yeah. You know, once we or, got, Oh, go ahead. Yeah. I was going to say, or you're, you're slapping the gun when you're trying to meet up those hands, if it's out in front of you. And yeah, there's, there's a lot of, uh, a lot of logic to, to getting a good solid draw stroke, keeping that support hand up there. Yeah. And doing it slow and, and figuring it out. And that's what I started to do really slow. And I, you know, it's funny cause I, my first two shots were literally on top of each other and it was like, okay, nice. cool. Like I got this, this is great. Um, and then I think I just started to get a little bit excited, you know, but, but, <laughs> but having taken the class the second time, I was able to recognize that and say, okay, like, let's just, let's breathe. Let's take a break. You know, let's just take a second and we'll calm back down or whatever. And I was able to, you know, fix jerking the trigger a little bit, um, and was able to get them back on target a little bit more. Um, but, um, I was really able to, to, to work on my actual shooting, um, which I thought was great. Um, but I learned, uh, I learned a lot more about what I need to work on too, because, you know, if you don't know what you need to work on, you're not really going to have meaningful practice. Yeah. And a good instructor will help relay that information to you so you can kind of diagnose self-diagnose when you're at the range by yourself shooting and and you say well man my shots are doing this i must be doing x with my hands or my my draw strokes really sloppy because i'm skipping this step or i'm hurrying too fast or yeah like i said a a good instructor will teach you not tell you right right. that makes sense yeah because he'll tell you what you're doing and then he'll tell you how to fix it as well um and you know, it, it was actually, it was a small class. It was only me and two other, two other folks. So we were able to get a little bit extra attention and we spent a little extra time, but I found that I can, I can shoot very quickly and I can point shoot super fast. Yep. But 
going from and and what was interesting was going from like super fast shooting so we had we had three silhouette targets and we had to do two to the chest on each of them and then one head one shot to the head on on three of them back the other way yeah and i was i was able to go boom 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 like super fast like i was like cuz he was like okay let's push ourselves a little bit we did it like two or three times and i just and i didn't tell him this i made i i didn't want him to to think that I wasn't aiming, but I was just kind of point shooting, <laughs> but it was getting there. I mean, shots were on target. And I mean, you know, I mean, the, the, if you make a circle with your, with your middle finger and your thumb, you know, and kind of cross them over a little bit, that's how big the circle for the headshot was. And we were only in three yards, but I mean, to be able to go boom, 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 like from target to target to target really fast, it yeah, really does good. make you feel like John wick, but to be able to go from that to then, okay, I'm going to draw a circle the size of a half dollar and you have to hit it five times from three yards. And I couldn't do that. I'm like, oh my God, like I am the worst shooter <laughs> in the world. It was such an emotional roller coaster. Um, but the point of all of that is that, you know, when you take a, a class a second time, or even a, I would say even a, a second class after your first class, because maybe you take a concealed carry class and then, you know, you want to develop your skills after that, you really gain a lot of knowledge and a lot of um, ability to self-diagnose and self-correct. Yes. Have you noticed that? And, yeah. And it's such a perishable skill too. If you're not doing it, that's what worries me because I haven't really spent time I mean, I've done some shooting out, you know, in the desert over here, but not serious training time in the range. Right. And it's going to be a mess when I do. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, that's one of the things that uh, that both Bill and Jim had said, I remember, in, in both classes was about practice makes perfect and how that's not true. It's perfect practice makes perfect execution. Yeah. And that's why they kept harping on, you know, doing it slowly and taking your time. And um, I think, you know, in the first class, I was a little more focused on just doing it quickly and, and, the, and the speed of it. This time I was able to say, OK, let's really take our time with it um, and let's just think about it in terms of steps. Um you know, and the other thing is, uh, with safety, um, you know, I touched on it at the beginning, um, but we spent probably about, and this was in both classes too. the first half an hour, um, was going over just the, the four safety rules, the, the, you know, the nice. four rules of gun safety is, you know, treat every firearm as if it's always loaded all the time. Don't point the trigger at anything you don't or don't point the pistol at anything you don't wish to destroy, <laughs> keep your finger off the trigger till you're ready to fire and know what your target is and what's beyond it. Um, yeah. and he, we went through each one of those steps. And like I said, there's only three of us. He could have easily gone, you know, okay, you got, I mean, here's the four safety rules, you know, them. just don't do anything stupid, blah, blah, blah. Let's go. You know, but he, you know, took the time to say, you know, here's why this first one's important. Here's why the second one's important. And here's a story that goes along with it. Here's, you know, the third, you know, and third and fourth and so on and so on. And both instructors did that. They they really you know drive into your head initially that safety is just integral to the whole thing. Um, and then even when we go, you know, they break down, you know, taking a, you know the gun out of the holster and presenting it, you know, as a step by step process. And some people say four steps, five steps, six steps, or whatever. Um, you know, we did the the five step, um, and just being able to think about it that way makes it so much more digestible than say, yeah, you just yank it out of the holster and, you know, get your side picture and pull the trigger. 
Yeah. Yeah. Whenever I teach holster draw, I, I teach this probably the same five steps. Um, I know when I was over there, I implemented some protocols and stuff, teaching the staff how to get out of the holster and hopefully they still do it. I don't know. That's not my bag anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yeah. And I think it was Colonel Cooper from, uh, from Gunsight that, that kind of developed those steps or at least identified the steps and oh, then, really? uh, and then everybody else kind of went from there. Yeah, because it goes back to that economy of motion that you want to be able to get that pistol out as fast as you can, as safely as you can. And that was that was one of the big draws too, is or the big focuses was it was safety. Um, because if you can't get the pistol out safely, you know, and even even Jim said it, he goes, he goes, if you don't get this thing safely out and you shoot your hand or a finger off in a gunfight, you're at an extreme disadvantage. <laughs> or out of the fight completely. Yeah, exactly. And you don't want to, you don't want to be in that situation. So to be able to do it safely is, is important. And that always, that always makes me feel more confident to know that you're in kind of in good hands, especially if maybe you're, you're not, you haven't been shooting all that much, um, or you're somewhat new to shooting and you're taking that progression of classes. Yeah, it, uh, it, to me, it's comforting to know. And that's, that's, I, maybe it's the first sign of a good instructor that he identifies or she identifies the the safety rules. Like you're saying, you spent 20 minutes talking about four general firearm safety rules. But it's important to know that uh, that they're taking that super serious. And, uh, the, I mean, we've talked about some other instructors, maybe not on the air, uh, but that don't <laughs> take those firearms rules so serious. They just want to show how cool they are to the students. and end up being completely awful. Yeah. And I mean, there's a difference between showing an example of a drill and just showing off. You know what I yeah. mean? Um, the other thing that I thought was uh, that I didn't ever think about until it happened. Um, that's the mark of a good instructor is to ask questions of the students before we even get started with the class. Um, you know, Jim introduced himself and, um, He's like, okay, before we get started, you know, does everybody have eyes? Does everybody have ears? Does everybody have, you know, a pistol? Uh, are we using any revolvers tonight? What caliber are we shooting? Like, you know, he, you can tell that he's been through enough situations to where he needs to get the information he needs right now. You know, like at least initially to know what he's working with, you know? Right. So I thought that was kind of interesting. That's that's another good thing to to think about too. And if you don't go to independence, but you're going to some other instructor, they should be asking you questions. I mean, they should want to know what you want to learn, so they know that they're teaching it. I mean, a good instructor hopefully is doing that. And not everybody does it, but it, for me, I, when I teach, sometimes I'll do the same thing. What what do you want to learn from this class? And then I try to make a mental list. If I have something to write down, I'll write it down, so I sure. know that I'm including that particular students um like goal of the class like they want to learn something specific and hopefully i teach that specifically yeah and oh and just opening up questions and and like i said earlier about you know shooting is a very personal thing everybody does it their own kind of way and what works for them you know is is important and so he you know he asked what you know what we were all running and what we had and um it was interesting too because he even asked, "Okay, what kind of holsters do you have? Do you have any uh, holsters with retention?" And my uh, Safari Land GLS has that thumb lock. Um, yeah, 
you know, so he's like, okay, you know, but just, you know, when we're doing the draw, make sure that, you know, you initiate that, you know, or engage that lock or disengage that lock and then move your thumb out to, to bring your support hand in. Um, and it was just, it, it felt very personal. I mean, like I said, granted there were only three people, but, um, you know, even with, you know, 10, 12, 15 people, I imagine it would have been the same way. Well, Jim's just a personal guy anyways. You could have probably been in the class of 20 and still at least had a, a portion of that same um, feeling from Jim. Yeah, exactly. And, um, you know, it's funny because, and, and I don't know if, if everybody would agree with this too, but I think all the stories that that Bill and Jim and, and even Leroy and everybody, all the other instructors have, um, I think those stories really do provide, you know, good examples of why you should do something a certain way or why you shouldn't do something at all or just um, – you know, um, technique or whatever, you know, um, it's not to just kind of gratify themselves. It's not for self gratification that they actually have a point. Um, and you can tell when somebody's trying to tell a story to look cool versus, you know, trying to make a point. Um, you know, I, there was a, what was it? Uh, I was about indexing, uh, your trigger finger. Um, you know, as long if you were not ready to shoot, take your finger off the trigger and index it. And Jim told a, a story about a guy who, uh, you know, long story short, basically didn't take his finger off the trigger when he was trying to holster a 1911. And, you know, his trigger, <laughs> his finger, you know, pushed on either side of the holster as the gun was going into it. And he goes, and he shot himself in the ass. And I'm like, I don't want to shoot myself in the ass. <laughs> oh, man. So those stories I'm sure are glad I haven't. I'm sure I'm glad I haven't witnessed anything like that. Yeah, yeah. Well, and it, it's just you're around people who don't think about it. I mean, and you know, the other thing that he talked about was muzzle discipline from the first and foremost. Um, and one of the guys, the other students in the class, um, you know, we even had plastic guns to start, just blue guns or whatever, and. Um, you know, one of the guys just was kind of not waving it around, but just had it pointed in a, in an odd direction. He goes up oh, muzzle discipline, muzzle discipline, you know, just being That's on top great. of stuff like that, you know, is important, I think, especially once you get into the real deal. Well, I remember teaching uh, when I first started over here in Idaho Falls years ago, we were teaching some kid classes and same thing. You know, we'd, we'd talk about, Hey, you know, these are habits you're learning, even though these are toy guns or, or not toy guns, but uh, not real guns you got to treat them the exact same way because mm-hmm. you're learning a habit. We're not just teaching a class. You're, you're developing a habit of putting it in a safe direction. Right. I yeah, and, and, and once those are built into, and, and it's not a knock, like I said, against any of the other student, the other student or anything like that. It just, a lot of people just don't know or don't think about it. Yeah. You know, I, I know that it, if I had to take in an RSO class, I wouldn't necessarily think about watching what other people are doing with their firearms. Yeah. It is super easy to just kind of, get complacent about stuff too. And, uh, and, and we're all guilty of it. I think every firearm owner is guilty of it at some point, pointing that gun where they shouldn't have making a stupid choice, you know, that happens. But if we can minimize it by conscious thinking, that's the point of taking the classes is develop some better skills. Right. It makes you think about it a little bit more. And, and yeah, one of the big things I think that maybe people don't think about is, um, you know, obviously you don't want to point it at anybody else, but, you know, pointing it at yourself, whether that's your hand or your foot, or maybe you're, you're trying to put it back in the holster or something like that. And you're actually pointing it at yourself as you try to reholster. I mean, Oh man, I've seen that more than once. Really? It makes me sick. Just people pointing it right at themselves. 
yeah, like I think I've had this conversation. Uh, people that really use guns for a living at a at a at a high scale, not knowing how to get a gun back into their holster, and really m- wiggling that muzzle around all the way through with an untucked shirt. Oh my Oof. gosh! And people who use guns every day. Yes, these are these are highly skilled individuals. <laughs> well, at least they report it to be. <laughs> but that's the whole. Th- well, not the whole thing, but part of it is that complacency that we've talked about before. Yeah, before and that's all. It, that's what it boiled down to is just they're just getting lazy with with their trigger or muzzle discipline and just oh my gosh, I thought yeah. I was going to see blood on the range that night. Well, what's interesting is that as an R, like, you know, getting certified as an RSO and being an RSO, it teaches you to watch what other people are doing, and that's something mm-hmm. that I never, I've never thought about as an R or until I became an RSO was watching what other people are doing. And now I can't even help, but to watch what other people are doing just as a safety thing, not only for myself, but for everybody else. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy about what, what goes on. And like I say, I think all gun owners do it eventually is they make, you know, a, a mental slip, but it's important, important to be able to identify that and, and understand and make a, a recommit to yourself. Hey, that's not happening again. Yeah, for sure. I mean, even, um, you know, in the class, I'll admit, you know, Jim had his, uh, I didn't know he was a SIG guy. First of all, I thought he'd be a Glock guy like the rest of you. He's a, well, he is, he, he runs Glock in his competitions, but he's also a 1911. I think he's just a gun guy. I don't think it matters. Could be, be. he had, but he does, he has a pretty sweet X5. Yeah. I was going to say, he he, he had his X5 with him. I remember when he got that. He was super excited. Oh, I bet. Yeah, Sarah, big deal. Sarah's got one too. And and if you haven't shot an X5, you would understand why they're so nice to shoot. Oh, <laughs> she my hasn't gosh, let us shoot a, it yet. That's a nice gun to shoot. When you're here, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to ask Sarah real nice if we can shoot the X5. And I'm I'm not gonna lie. Right now, I'm looking at a picture of a CZ SPO1 Tactical, and I'm thinking there's room in my safe. <laughs> so actually sidebar about that gun i wanted to get that gun so bad um for a really long time and to be completely honest i'll probably end up with one in my safe at some point or another however um at the shop that gun that particular gun in the rental counter has spent more time back in cody's shop cody and really? shop, excuse me um than it has out the rental counter because i don't know i just always Check to see if it's there or not, because maybe I can shoot it that day or whatever. But yeah, man, I wonder why. I don't know. It's always something. But I'll have to talk to him when I'm over there. Then again, it's a rental gun, so that might you know different circumstances and everything, and it goes for how many thousands of rounds without being cleaned or whatever. But still, one of my complaints about CZs is in order to really make it feel amazing, is I got to spend another six hundred bucks on a cajun works trigger and i just can't commit myself to do that wait did you say glock or cz to make it better cz did i say glock uh, i don't know because sounds like the exact same thing you have to do with a glock to make it better whatever dude oh, oh i'm gonna mill we'll my slide i'm gonna get some trigger work done and put some different sights on it i'll get a you know well, that's true but here's spring and put here, stippling on it and oh here's here's down. the deal what what gun can you pay, take out of the box and not want to do something to? My w- trusty Walther PPQ. That's funny because you Cerakoted it. <laughs> That's <laughs> that was not a, a tactical decision. That was an aesthetic oh, did decision. You, 
Did you put night sights on it? Not yet. Not yet. Well, oh. not yet. Not yet. <laughs> what about the trigger? Did you have it, you know, polished up a little bit? Nope. A feed ramp? Did you do anything with the feed ramp? Nope. The only thing yeah, I've done simple. is Cerakote it. And that's, this is the gun that I, I've taken the enhanced class with, the enhanced, enhanced concealed carry class with, uh, intermediate class twice, and I will be taking the advanced pistol class in two weeks. It's a Walther. It's going to break. All right. Well, if it breaks, I'll throw it at the uh, the target and just walk out and call it a day. <laughs> I don't know. I can't keep anything stock. I mean, you've seen a lot of my guns. Most of them don't stay. In fact, I can't think of any of my handguns. Well, okay, there's a couple I can think of that I haven't messed with. But Well, and, you know, to be fair, I, I think you've kind of rubbed off on me in that regard because I got the slide Cerakoted on my PPQ. <laughs> I, have the, I have the slide Cerakoted on my PPS. Now, granted, I could just say that was for research and podcast purposes, but it, they look pretty sweet, so I'll just go with that. But my like, Scorpion is uh, CZ Scorpions all customed out. Uh, you know, obviously, all the AR, both three ARs are pretty, you know, were built and custom parts and all that kind of stuff. Um, I'm going to bring, and this is a teaser because we're going to do an AK episode with Cody at some point in the near future. Um, and I'll bring my Wasser in and he's going to help me kind of polish that stuff up a little bit. So it's just, you know, there's nothing wrong with, uh, with customizing. That's just, that's just me, man. I can't, I can't just leave it. I do have a couple. I got a Quigley. I have 73 sharps that, you know, you can't do too much too, right? Well, and there's things you don't <laughs> want to mess with, yeah. Yeah, but but when it comes to a modern firearm, but still, like I said, that CZ specifically, man, those Cajun Works triggers are the bomb. They really but are. They're it's literally, it's, it's, it's just as much as a gun. I know, it's ridiculous. And those guns aren't cheap. No CZ is cheap. <sighs> the only one... Even if you go, even if you go to like to the tactical sport or in those, man... Well, and I even thought 12, about fifteen hundred bucks. Yeah, and I thought about even getting like uh, one of the shadows or one of the fan. I think it's a shadow or a phantom. It's like a, I think it's um, it's a polymer version of the SPO one or whatever. Yeah. And I'm like, no, I just I want the big heavy all steel gun, man. I don't know why. So I did end up getting a Jericho nine forty one because I want to be different. You know, those are. Those are interesting guns, and they don't feel too bad to shoot, honestly. No, they're actually pretty. There's, there's a, it's a different shape. Trigger shoe is, is a different shape than what I'm used to, and so that was kind of interesting. Um, you know, and I think I was jerking that trigger a little bit too, to be honest with you, when I, when I shot it the first time. They, they do feel different in the hand, and I don't know how to explain why they feel different. Yeah, because it, it doesn't feel it, like it a just, CZ. It doesn't feel like a lot of people say yeah. it's, a, it's a CZ clone. And, and, and no, sort of. kind of is because especially because the slide rides inside of the frame. Yeah. But other than that, not really. I mean, it's got. Um, but that but the grip, the grooves in the grip, like everything just kind of fits in your hand. It does. It just kind of. And I don't there. know how to explain it. If you haven't if you haven't touched a Jericho, go find one and put one in your hands and you'll understand what I'm saying. It's just it feels different. Yeah, it takes I think it takes a little getting used to, but I mean I like it's big, it's heavy. Um, you know, it's got sixteen plus one. Um the trigger is actually pretty good out of the box. Um 
you know, I might take it. And to, that's, that's hammered, right? That's one that's got the yeah, hammer on it, right? Yeah. And there's no decocker on it either. They make two different versions. I think they make the rail. I think uh, I missed the one with the decocker on it. The frame safety, um, is the one that I have. Yeah. And then there's the, the slide safety. Um, and I got the one with the frame safety. So, um, no, you have to, yeah, I think that I was gonna say that's not, doesn't have a decocker on it. I thought it did. No. So, um, you either carry it cocked and locked like you would a 1911 or uh, you have to manually take that hammer down and there's a lot of tension in that hammer when it's back um so i would uh, i would carry it uh cocked and locked if i were ever to do that <laughs> so but what's, what's also interesting about it is that it does have a um kind of like a half cock position Really? Yeah, I thought it was kind of, I, I, you, you pull the hammer back and there's kind of a little click, like there's a first click and then there's the second click for the full cock. So you can actually bring it down to the half cock position if you really wanted to. Um, can, can you run the safety in half cock? Yes. Interesting. So you, you could lit, legitimately keep it half cock safety on and then pull that hammer back to deploy. Yeah, if you wanted a full single shot or a single action shot off your first shot, yeah. And and it's not too hard to do because the hammer does come but, back pretty well. But in double action from half cock, it works that way too? I guess it would have to. Yeah. Yeah, it's an interesting little gun. I'll have to bring it over when you're here so you can check it out. Which will be next week. Which is going to be next week, yes. That is that's great news. So, And we're going to have an awesome couple episodes. I'm excited for the holster episode. Yeah, we've got uh, another holster episode coming up. We've got, uh, I think, an AK episode with Cody coming up. Um, we're going to talk uh, with somebody who... Uh, Barrett. Yeah, Barrett, who we haven't talked about much on the podcast because he is... Uh, He's kind of like the wind. He comes and goes when he wants to. <laughs> that should be an interesting conversation with Barrett. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. That'll be a good one. So, yeah, stay tuned for the uh, the episodes coming up. But uh, anyway, back to classes. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's kind of straight for a second. I'm sorry. Got a little in the weeds on that one. So what else is interesting about this class is if you can get into a class that doesn't have a lot of people in it, um, and which I don't know why there weren't a lot of folks in this class, but maybe it's because it was a Friday night. I don't know. Um, but it was only three of us. So we actually, we were supposed to bring 200 rounds. I brought 250. We ended up shooting about 400 or 450. Wow. Rounds, which is clearly not the norm. So don't, if you ever go into, into independence, you know, expecting to shoot that much, don't. <laughs> um, yeah, that's, that's. Just because you had a smaller class gives, like you say, more one-on-one -on -one time and apparently more shooting time, which is cool. Yeah, hundred percent. We went we went through um, the drills a lot faster since there were only three of us. You know, he didn't have to do a lot of correcting. Mm -hmm. So, um, but yeah, so yeah, we made it through. I, we were in the middle of a drill, and he's like, "I had to change mags," and I grabbed the other mag, and it was empty. And he kind of looked at me, and I, he goes, "What?" And I go, "I'm out." And he goes okay, well, we could be done, but we're like, we still have like half an hour. I'm like, okay, I'll just go get some more. And so I got a hundred more rounds and blasted through all of them, I think, except for 10, maybe, you know? So it was 400, nice. 450 rounds, which was interesting too, because that's more rounds than I think I've ever shot in one sitting. It goes by quick. It goes by very quickly. Cause that probably was about two hours um, of live fire shooting. But I also learned the first time now how, shooting can be actually pretty fatiguing if you yeah. if you're going at it at a high rate of fire and it's very mentally draining it is 
And I think it's because you're focusing. I mean, obviously you're using your eyes, so you got some strain there. You're really thinking sure. about where your hands are. So there's some mental strain there. Plus your arms are fatiguing. Your legs get tired because you're, you know, you're tightening up them legs. I could see how it makes you tired about that after that long. Yeah. And I mean, to be honest, I was kind of getting a headache at the end of it from my eyes, just from trying to focus on things and being, you know, left-handed, but right-eye dominant probably messes with me a little bit more than, than your average person. Um, but just, you know, your body's absorbing all that recoil too. And doing that, you know, 400 times was, you know, gets tiring. Yeah. Um, you know, and then it was interesting too, because we were switching gears pretty quickly from, okay, what we're going to do is we're going to shoot, you know, like I said earlier, it's two, two round, two hits in each silhouette. There's three silhouettes in the chest and then one in the head each. So that's, you know, nine, nine rounds total. And you shoot that in two seconds or three seconds. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and, and, and focusing and getting ready to do that really kind of amps you up and your heart rates up. And, um, and then once it's done, it's like, Ooh, okay, like I made it, I can relax. Um, but then going from that, okay, we're going to focus on accuracy now. And we did uh, what he called a last man standing drill. And there were, um, and the targets were a little bit different this time too, because normally we've had, you know, just like either bullseye style targets or, um, larger, you know, eight and a half by 11 sheets of paper or legal pay, legal you know, pad papers or whatever. This uh-huh. was probably about maybe a, a piece of paper, a foot tall, but maybe six to eight inches wide. So it was just a rectangle. Hmm. And it was funny because Jim goes, all right, if you shoot any outside of the, uh, the yellow, you owe me a quarter. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, Oh my God, I just don't want to shoot anything outside of the core outside of the yellow. And, and I was actually pretty proud of myself. I didn't shoot anything outside of the yellow until about the very end when I was starting to fatigue. Um, we started to do one handed shooting and I just fell apart. I don't know what the hell happened. Sure. I don't know what it was, but it's like my, and, and when we, I did the not a koala about a month or two ago and that's where I fell apart too, was the one handed shooting. I don't know what it is, but you like that. I do like that, it a lot. That was my baby. And there's multiple Thank levels, right? Uh, well, I don't know if they finished the, the level one was my creation and I yeah, thought it was, it was a pretty was a good one. Fun. Uh, ben, long range Ben and uh, Jessica and uh, and I did it. Um, Ricky was there too. He did it. He was the only one that passed actually. Uh, I still haven't passed. Yeah, I, <laughs> I haven't yeah, shot it. I made it, but I never passed. <laughs> but I, it, it's a really good. Uh, it's a it's a really good qual actually. I enjoy it a lot because it does kind of combine your speed and combines accuracy. Um, but one of the things about classes too that I. I kind of figured out was that it really shows you how good you can be, you know, even with just a little yeah. instruction. Um, like I said, where I was, I was kind of talking about and I got, I got sidetracked, but the, we did this drill called last man standing where we had to do three shots from three yards. And then we would take a step back to five yards and then to seven and then to 10, 12, 15. Um, and if you shot outside that little yellow target, you were out. And yeah. I was the last man standing. Thank God. <laughs> I was like, I just don't want to be, I don't want to, I don't want to lose. I don't want to lose. Um, but to be able to, you know, put, put three in this, you know, relatively narrow target um, at 15 yards, you know, it doesn't sound like much maybe to some people, but um you know, especially after a couple hundred rounds of shooting was, I was, I was happy with it and I'll take it. Yeah. That's pretty good. Honestly, I think 
I mean, yeah. there's, there's probably people out there like, oh, that's just, that's nothing. And well, that's fine. Think what you want. It's good for Mark. <laughs> well, shoot your own, shoot your own shot. You know what I mean? I, I, uh, I don't get to shoot as much as I like, unfortunately. And, um, you know, but it, it's one of those things kind of like with working out, like, you know, f- lifting 40 pounds may not be a lot to somebody who's a bodybuilder or something like that. But if you've never lifted before and you just reached that milestone, you're going to be happy about it. Um, Hell yeah. And that's that's something I would say about classes, too, is don't focus on what other people are doing. Um, and if you maybe are experienced and, and have a couple classes and stuff, don't try to show off. Um, you know, we don't we didn't have any show offs in our class. I God, I hope I wasn't a show off. I was just trying to not <laughs> owe Bill money. <laughs> you were the one. Money. The other two were like, "Oh my gosh, that Mark guy." Oh man, but um, I don't know. It was just uh, you know, you get to shoot your own target. You know, you're competing really against yourself, and that's what's important. Yeah, that's why I like it so much. Yeah, it's and and really being able to get those fine tuned points is is really amazing how quickly you can pick it up and how quickly you can apply that. I mean, to shoot, I had never shot, you know, three targets like that before. And, um, you know, we were shooting, you know, a couple drills before that was single silhouette, but five shots, you know, and five shots, bam, 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 as fast, you know, not as fast as you can, but just as fast as you can do it safely. Um, yeah. and I think a lot of people are not afraid, but more hesitant or not used to, you know, fast shooting. I don't think it's something a lot of people do. Yeah. Um, and so being able to do that was, uh, is, is actually a lot more fun. I actually like shooting. I like shooting fast. Um, and it, it just, but being able to build on your skills and get better like that, like I'm I, if I was sh- shooting as fast as I was and I wasn't getting it all in on the target, I would have, you know, slowed way down. But, the fact that I was able to get it all on target and shoot five shots pretty quickly back to back to back to back to back was, I was, I was proud of myself, you know, and it gives you a lot of confidence that you, you know, after taking enough classes, you know, you kind of know what you're doing. Yeah. But there's always room for improvement. Always. Um, and like you talked about with it being a perishable skill, it, it is, but I feel like you can pick it back up pretty quickly. So, you know, if you, if you probably shot a hundred rounds, you'd probably pick it right back up where you left off. I hope so. Cause I need it. Well, are you going to be shooting next week? Oh, I'll be shooting some next week. I hope I'll so. be finished. I'll be finishing the P 51 1911. Really? So I need to, cause it's, it's been like a year and a half. <laughs> I only got a few parts left to Cerakote and put it together and shoot it. Nice. And then the holster, we're going to be building a holster for the Glockster. Yeah, I'm uh, excited to get that P38 a holster so I can uh, open carry that while I'm uh, RSOing because that's just going to look weird as hell. <laughs> yes. Um, it'll then, be a good uh, time. Yeah, I'm excited. I need to I need to spend some time behind that gun among others and maybe I'll bring an AR pistol or something over there. Yeah, there you go. That's your uh, your uh, passenger seat gun right there. Usually is. Um, I always have so something. Have you ever taken a class twice? Um, I think I have for the U.S. or the, the concealed carry class. That was over here. I'm pretty sure I did. But I think it was the same instructor both times. Did you notice any difference? Hmm, 
not really not not for the most part it was pretty cut and dry it was just a cookie cutter class so there wasn't a lot wasn't anything special no that's unfortunate but yeah but um, anytime anytime in a class is a good time well for the most part as long as you have a good instructor yeah i've heard horror stories of people walking out of concealed carry classes none of our classes but like the uh, the shooting portions where it's just so unsafe they just leave. You know, it's funny that you mentioned that because so my first ever class was a concealed carry class for Illinois concealed carry. Never taken a class before, you know, hadn't really done much instruction at all with shooting. It was all I was all self self-taught pretty much. Um uh-huh. Obviously very safety conscious, um, you know, because I didn't I knew that, you know, I didn't want to get kicked out of the class or, you know, anything like that. Um, but just the, the guy, and he was a good enough guy, but there was a lot of opinion, which you don't find at, at independence. Um, you know, there's, there's tips and stories, I think that illustrate certain points, but, um, you know, there was some political opinion, which I think doesn't really have much of a place in a class. Um, and then we talked about, well, actually, oh, I forgot about this until just now. This is going to, this is going to make you squirm. Um, everybody in the classroom got their pistols out. Everybody made sure oh, they were gosh. clear. And then we started dry firing in the class and it was like rows of people. And like, I didn't know any better at the time, but I was so like, like, you had you had people dry firing behind you or. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Terrifying. Like in yeah. hindsight, like back in when I started, I'm like, okay, I didn't, I didn't know anybody. Everything's, every, it's all unloaded. It doesn't matter. Now I probably would have like, I'm either sitting in the back or I'm not taking this class because this is not how to run this. Yeah. And then on top of that, um, we had to bring a holster, uh, and so and I had had a holster, but I had never really practiced drawing from a holster. And they spent maybe ten minutes on how to draw from a holster. And I just, you know, in the class that we, and I just took last night for the second time was only drawing from the holster and, and putting, putting the gun on target. That's crazy. Terrifying, isn't it? That is super sketchy. So make sure that you, you know, you get a good instructor and don't be afraid to just maybe walk out of a class. Yeah. Maybe you're going to eat some money, but it's better than a hole in the head. Yeah, just just walk out. If if you feel at any point unsafe, it's not worth it. It might not even be worth like trying to get your money back. It's just just lose it. Yeah, exactly. So um but yeah, that was it was a great time. Um go ahead, go out, take a class, take a class again if you have the money and the uh, or the um the means with which to do so. Um, and, uh, I'm going to take the advanced class, not, uh, this upcoming week, but the following week, um, at the end of May here. And, uh, I'll report back on that. We'll do an episode on advanced yeah. pistol shooting. Um, I think I'm going to have to just spend a weekend and come over and take a class or two. Cause it's just been, it's not healthy for me to not shoot. Right. It's not good for your health. You need to shoot. Yes. Yes, I do. Yeah, and that's, it was funny because I was talking to a couple of the guys at the shop, and they're like, hey, man, what are you doing here? I'm like, oh, I'm taking a class or whatever. I'm like, I need to force myself to shoot more, and I love to learn. So if I take a class, I'll shoot more. And I ended up shooting more than I thought I would, uh, you know, or more than I ever have in one sitting. So how about that? 
See? But now, I, and I realize it's kind of like weight training or like, you know, getting fit and everything is, okay, I shot 400 rounds, which was a lot. And I was getting fatigued at the end and I was getting frustrated because it's like, man, I was shooting so great at the beginning and I could shoot so fast. And now I can't hit this stupid, you know, half dollar size circle <laughs> three yards away. What the hell's the matter with me? Blah, 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 blah. But now, like, I know that I can shoot 400 rounds. You know, I might be a little fatigued at the end, but still, it's just you know, you know, you can do it now and that you can shoot fast and you can, I can build on those, on those skills when I go practice. I think I'm going to have to set up my little loophole shot for you to try while we're over there shooting. The loophole shot. Mm -hmm. What is that? So do you know what, you don't know what a loophole is? No. You ever heard that term? So snipers use loophole shooting to shoot from inside. I'm not a sniper. Never was one. Never (laughs) pretend to be one, but they use a loophole, which would be a small opening uh, in in a barrier, okay. That that they shoot from behind, and there's a mathematical equation to figure out, you know, all that jive from a distance. Anyway, I I set up a loophole shot in the range using some cardboard targets, and then I set the, like a playing card at 65 feet, and you shoot. You set the loophole. It's a two inch square opening in a, pl- a cardboard mm-hmm. target. You shoot through the two inch opening. At the playing card at 65 feet. And, and you I've got done it, it more than once. And you have to hit it? You Yeah. And if you hit the, if you hit the cardboard, it doesn't count. Man. That would be fun. I would be down to try it. it. That's fun. for sure. It is fun. I set it up well, a while ago over there one time and had some of the employees try it out that thought they were hot stuff and had to laugh at them. Yeah. And that's the interesting thing, man, is that when you, when you see people shoot, I mean, the, the other thing is you really gain an appreciation for like people like Jerry Mitchell. Like, I mean, obviously, or like, or like, uh, Taryn Butler, um, you know, it's one thing to watch on YouTube, like, okay, that's easy or whatever. But then when you see like somebody like Jim or Bill, like shoot accurately and shoot quickly and how fast they can do it, um, in person, it's a whole nother thing. And then you, you think that, you know, these guys are, are very, very good, but then there's people like, Taryn Butler, you know, Jerry Mitchell like out there. It's like, oh my, these people are otherworldly. That, yeah, eclipse them. Yeah. And you think, and if, if you guys don't know what Taryn Butler looks like, Google him. He is a, not a small man. <laughs> we've we've talked about it. But he can just move. And he's, he's soft. He's a, a plushy guy. Yeah. But man, I wouldn't want it. He's, he's the guy who trained, uh, Keanu Reeves for John Wick, and he also trained Halle Berry. You might have seen that online the other day. Um, yeah, that's been floating around, and I'm going to see that movie when I'm over there next weekend. Yeah, I've got to see that movie soon. So I actually have to finish the second one. I never finished the second one. That's not acceptable. I know. So, well, it is Saturday night tonight, so maybe maybe that's what I'll do this evening. So, did you like the second? Like, the, well, did you like the first one? Oh yeah, the first one was phenomenal. And what you saw of the second one? Did you like it? Loved it. Yeah. I just need to finish okay. it. I just kind of, something came up and I ran out of time and had to switch gears. Oh so. man. There's some sweet gunfight scenes in that. But it's hard to, it's hard for me to sit and watch a movie anyway. I need, I need to like do things and move around. I, I have like seven things going all what? at once. So I, I, maybe it's the millennial ADD. I don't know. I used to be that way. Now I just don't want to do anything. So I'll watch a movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can't wait to get old. Thank you. <laughs> seasoned, maybe. We'll go with seasoned. 
so. seasoned professional. Yeah. So, but we'll close on that for now, I think. And uh, take a class. If you have any questions about our classes at uh, Independence, uh, shoot us a message on Facebook at Range Minded Podcast or uh, email us podcasts at iishooting.com. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, that's all I got. <laughs> No, that's cool. I th- I think it was fun. We need to be doing that more often. So next couple of podcasts, don't forget, we're going to have Nick from Hoftech Holsters. We're going to be doing kind of a remote broadcast, sort of. Yeah, we're going to take a field trip over, there. over to uh, ult- the Ultimate Hybrid Holster headquarters. Say that five times fast. Yeah. And, and we're going we're gonna to make some custom Kydex holsters. We're going to learn how to make Kydex holsters. That'll be fun. Be fun. And, uh, and we're going to... We're going to talk with Cody uh, Coleman again, the uh, the famous. Talk about AKs a little bit and uh, why you should own one because Cody goes, eh, everyone should own an AK. It's great. Yeah, I had one and I sold it. Shouldn't have done that. Yeah, I'll find another one. That's true. Just dive down to the bottom of a lake. Well, it's so far down. <laughs> you got to get your flippers out and everything. Every time I buy a boat, it sinks. It just doesn't work out for me. Yeah, I'd love to be your insurance agent. <laughs> um, and then we're going to have Barrett on. Uh, Barrett is a hunting extraordinaire, uh, outdoorsman, uh, an, an interesting soul. Yeah, and he teaches an interesting class, and that's kind of what I want to talk to him about. So, you guys, I think you might want to listen to the Barrett episode. Yeah, that'll be that'll be a good grab bag episode. We'll talk about that. Uh, but uh, yeah, stick around with us. We got some great stuff coming up, and uh, we'll talk to you next time. Yeah, have fun, guys. All right, thanks. Yeah. Thanks for listening to Range Minded. Find us online at Range Minded Podcast on Facebook, or send us an email at podcast at iishooting.com. We're always happy to get feedback, episode suggestions, whatever you want to send us, really. And be sure to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and pretty much wherever else you get your podcasts from. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.